feels like we just ended the 2023 season. Well, we know what the 2024 season is going to look like, at least on paper. We'll get into what it looks like, what BC should be expecting on their schedule on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Three days of ACC schedule reveals has finally come to a close as the conference released their full schedule on Wednesday. Now Boston College knows their entire schedule, and we're going to go over it today with Mitch Wolf, Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider. Mitch, how's it going? Going well. Uh, just reeling from some of the insane graphics that have been published by the other teams in the ACC putting out their schedules. Luckily, BC kept it relatively simple, uh, throwing it back with the stack of VCR tapes, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was nice and simple, and um, they always go for that like that like faded look for everything, you know, like like. The colors are all like muted a little bit, and I love the Anthony Garrow, the Anthony Garrow filter. <laughs> yes, clearly, yeah. And I, I, I said something nice about it, and I, he clearly saw it, so that was that was good. Uh, much better than what NC State, as I said to you, it looked like it looked like theirs was schizophrenic. I have no or, idea. Or Virginia, that looked like uh, the coach's oh. like toddler drew in the logos. <laughs> right there, <laughs> I, I I had that one ready for later. Um, so let's talk about BC though. We're looking at the schedule and what are some of your original thoughts when you first looked at this? Uh, I think the month of October is very interesting. Uh, you get only three games, uh, two of which are away, but you also get a bye week and then essentially a bye week coming out of October. So it's, it's kind of a weird month and the stretch of games and this kind of leads into, um, November as well, but the stretch of games that really starts ACC play, which is at Virginia on uh, October 5th, uh, which that's, that's regular. That's on a Saturday, then by week, then at Virginia tech on a Thursday, I want to say, and then home against Louisville on the 25th, which is a Friday, I believe. And then a second by week and then home against Syracuse. So two roads and then uh, two homes with some by weeks in there. That's the interesting stretch because, you know, BC obviously close game with Virginia this past year. Um, I think BC is getting better. I'm not sure Virginia really is. Uh, And at Virginia Tech, and obviously BC got housed by Virginia Tech this past year, um, and they returned a lot of their players. They're going to be just as good, if not better. Uh, Then Louisville, and I think Louisville is going to come down a little bit just kind of by natural regression, even though they did have a fantastic transfer portal class. And then, Syracuse, you know, BC kind of got lucky there not having to play uh, against Garrett Schrader. They had their backup of a backup in, and Syracuse always looks a lot different now under Fran Brown. But BC at home off a of bye week, you know, that game looks good. So, you know, it's based on before we knew kind of where the games were going to be in the schedule. It's a little better than we initially thought, and I think it helps that BC got a lot better thanks to the portal. Um, there's been a lot of coaching changes. 
since we kind of knew who the opponents were going to be a lot of players moving around. So you can kind of think that this looks a little better than we originally thought it was going to be, I guess. So one thought I had, and I'll bring this up. That's a little different than what you were mentioning is the large gap between home games. And I believe it goes from September 28th until the October 25th. So it's a yes, whole, that's correct. A whole month between home games. So, Alumni Stadium is going to be quite quiet for a while there. Um, I, I, I it, it always happens. It, this is just part of BC being part of the ACC. I don't really blame Boston College for their out of conference scheduling for this happening, but it always seems like this just a large chunk of the fall where they're not away. From, it, and it hasn't happened in a couple of years, but I can remember from previous years as a season ticket holder you know like you'd go for a whole bunch of games and then all of a sudden there was nothing and then the season would finish off with a couple and it's it's going back to that again now i wanted to lock, look at this month of november with you you have syracuse first of all let's get you on record what are your thoughts on syracuse so far with under fran brown and you know their hire and what they've done I think it's tough to pin down at this point. I mean, I think getting I think getting Kyle McCord is, is a significant upgrade over Garrett Schrader in terms of running a real offense. You know, Schrader was fun and chaotic, but he wasn't really a consistently good quarterback. Um, and then adding a ton of talent, but, you know, it's hard to predict where it's going to end up. Um, you know, Syracuse is a pretty tough job, honestly, given its location. Um, you know, kind of a lot of the same problems as BC in that regard. But... Um, so I, I don't really know what to think about Syracuse yet. I need to dive a little deeper into their depth chart. Um, but I, I agree with you. Actually, let's just go over the rest of the games in November. All right. So then you go on to SMU. You get your rematch. And this game is in Dallas. Then you finish off with home games at uh, with UNC and Pitt. What are your thoughts? The, the, there's two potential top 25 teams there with SMU and UNC. I, I, I think UNC might be taking a big step back this year, but. What are your thoughts about those last three games? And is it a, a, a tough end or, or where do you think that's going to be? Well, the other side of the coin of not having a lot of games in October is you get three home games in November, which is great for BC in terms of weather, um, especially playing a dome team in Syracuse, a team from the quote unquote South in North Carolina. And then Pitt is they're used to that. And then you obviously got to go on the road to SMU, which is going to be quite a long trip. Um, but uh, I think that there's, I think most of these games are winnable. You know, I, I think UNC is going to take a big step back. Um, they're losing not only Drake May, but Devontae Walker, their number one wide receiver who had the whole NCAA controversy. They're losing some good defensive players. They're also, they finally fired Gene Chizik. So, and they, I think I, I, they might be bringing in a different offensive coordinator. I can't remember, but going from Drake May to Max Johnson from Texas a is a huge step backwards at the quarterback. They still have Amari and Hampton who's a very good running back, but I just don't know, especially, and you know, I think Mac Brown, I would say generally as the season goes on, he kind of has the same issue as BC uh, that his teams kind of tend to tail off as, as they get towards the end of the season. So I think that's a good one for BC. Um, we already talked about Syracuse SMU. I think that that's going to be very interesting. Um, Cause obviously the team that faces the team that BC put out against SMU in the family bowl is going to be very different than the one that starts this season and is probably going to be pretty different than the one that, faces actually SMU in mid-November. So I think that that is probably still winnable just because, you know, BC still has most of the roster being, you know, actually power five players. And, you know, you can kind of quibble about that. But, you know, and SMU had brought in a ton of transfer portal talent, so they really did reload well. So that could be a toss-up. Um, And then Pitt, you know, 
obviously last year, this past year was a debacle against Pitt. Uh, the games at home this year, get it off Thanksgiving, you know, maybe feel a little bitter, a little bit better about that one. But again, I, I couch all this in saying, you know, like I mentioned with North Carolina, BC has really struggled about struggled with tailing at the end of the year where they just kind of run out of bullets and really fade away in the last few weeks of the season. So it, it's a, it's a winnable stretch of game stand the season, but it's hard to have much faith in that given the uh, results of the last few years. Yeah, I, I I worry about that because as we'll talk about in a moment, the beginning of the season is the toughest part. And if BC tails off after a tough beginning of the season, the season could be could go off the it could go off the track real easy. So, in a moment, I want to talk about with Mitch the beginning of the season. We we talked I talked about it a little bit, but I want to get his thoughts. Starting off with Florida State, and and now we know the the FCS game, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. This is Locked On Boston College. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> AJ Black here. And we are talking about the schedule. And we were just saying earlier that for a team that has tailed off uh, in the last couple of years, it's going to be a tough season for them if they do that again because the way the schedule is set up, they begin the year with a brutal beginning and <laughs> starting it off probably with their toughest game against Florida State. Mitch, what are you thinking about their month of September? Well, you know, these are the games we mostly knew, at least uh, I would think we like we knew the the last three non-conference games. Um, Florida State, obviously, I think they're going to be I think they're taking a step back from last year. Um, they're losing a lot of talent to the NFL and the portal. They did bring in some guys coming in through the portal, but I think they're significantly worse than they were last year. So I think they're going to take a step back. On the other hand, they're probably still going to be a lot more talented than BC. This game is in Tallahassee, where BC has not performed well in the last few years. So I would say it's honestly kind of good to just get this one out of the way. Um, temper expectations for the season by getting killed by a, a high-level Power 5 team. So that's good, um, in a way. Then you get the FCS game. Uh, Duquesne, not a particularly good FCS team in my estimation. I obviously haven't watched a ton of them, but they did. They won the Northeast conference this past year, but then they got quickly smoked in the first round of the FCS playoffs by a score of 40 to seven by Youngstown state. Uh, they got killed against FBS opponents. West Virginia beat them 56 to 17 coastal Carolina beat them 66 to seven, even Delaware. Who's another good FCS team beat them 43 to 17. Um, not a traditionally powerhouse program, at Duquesne, uh, last year they went the week sorry the year before they went four and seven. Um, Florida State actually played them, beat them forty-seven to seven. Uh, so you know, I think BC is going to have a pretty 
big step up in talent there. So even though last year against Holy Cross, they had a pretty tough game, I think they should be able to hold their own there. On the road at Missouri is very tough. Uh, Missouri is a very good F- uh, SEC team. I do not expect that one to be a win, especially kind of given, I think you could see BC deploy a similar game plan to the one they used against SMU and maybe they could have some success there. But I think Missouri gets some revenge for the 2021 result of this series. And then Michigan State or Michigan State's a wild card because again, new coaching staff, a lot of turnover, both via the NFL and the portal and everything. I, I, I do like Jonathan Smith as a coach. Um, I'm, I don't know what, or, or sorry, Michigan State schedule is up to this game. So I'm not sure kind of with them looking forward or coming off of a tough game. I think the teams are probably going to be on an equal playing field in terms of talent. So probably give BC a slight edge there. BC is coming back off a loss. So they'll be really wanting to get that first FBS win. So that, that that's a toss up. And then Western Kentucky, the final non-conference home game. I feel pretty good about that one. You know, Western Kentucky loses their quarterback, Austin Reed, the NFL. They lose their best receiver and probably best player, Malachi Corley, um, to the NFL as well. They did just get in TJ Finley from Texas State, making this Finley's fourth school in, I think, as many years. So the portal is doing exactly what it was intended to do. But that team doesn't play a lot of defense. And like I said, losing a lot of talent. So I think BC should be pretty good there. But I agree. I think you're looking at two and three, if three and two, maybe if things go well to start the season. And I think if, I think if you do start three and two, you are feeling pretty good about the rest of the season, but you know, then I think getting to six wins is possible, but it's, it's, it's a doozy. Um, You're going to need to do the thing that BC never seems to do and win the game you're supposed to. And then maybe this is what they typically do is pick one off that maybe you weren't expected to. So let's talk about that. This is going to be ridiculous. That we're now in January. We're less, literally, less than a month away from uh, removed from the Fenway Bowl. The the roster is not set because they could still bring in transfers uh, after the spring ball. You know, there could be injuries. There could be a million different things that could happen. Yeah, we but, still have we have coaching <laughs> changes that are opening portals for te- for specific teams. So you know. Michigan. We don't even know who BC's defensive coordinator is going to be. That's true. That as well. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be Sean Duggan. It could be someone brand new. It, who knows what BC's going to do? Um, but let's let's just let's bring out our crystal balls here and, and look at the schedule and your first initial gut prediction for a record in twenty twenty four. I'll be pessimistic and I'll say five and seven. Um, so I think the wins will be Duquesne, Western Kentucky. Virginia, um, Syracuse, and Pitt. Did I get to five? I think so. Okay, and if if not, then I'll throw. I would say Michigan State. That's really the toss up for me. Um, yeah, I just have. I'm. You know, I, I based on how I described all these teams, I just I, I have questions about BC, and I, that's really where we are. We're so early that there's so many things that can change that can, like you know, to borrow what you said, to crystallize how we view each of BC's opponents, but um, given kind of what we know about the roster currently and kind of projecting a little bit of development for the players that are still in the roster. But again, I'm, I'm very concerned about the back end of the schedule where BC has again, really struggled in the last few years and can they break that trend this year? And I think they're set up decently well to finish the season strong. Then again, we, I think we thought that last year and that did not happen. So you know, I, I'll say five and seven. And, you know, I think that if that happens, you know, BC would probably be able to get to a bowl game based on the academic progress rate. Um, question would be if they would go, especially if they're 
would be a coaching change. Um, and But then again, I do think that 6-6 six and six is very much in the cards. And I think if they do get to 6-6 six and six against the schedule, ba- based on what we say now, or what we see now, you know, maybe if things will change once we get closer, I think that's a pretty impressive season given what they're looking at in terms of these opponents. Yeah, I, I, excuse me. I don't think Brad Bates did them any favors with the scheduling. Um, I, I know a lot of folks really like, you know, a large out of conference, like good out of conference scheduling. But I look at this and say, this is what you've done to yourself, right? While you have programs, and I look at Syracuse, and I, I believe Syracuse has like a cupcake out of conference schedule. Syracuse always has a very, very, very easy out of conference, which, which is intentional. And I think that that, that's, like you're about to say, that's something that I think, unfortunately, BC might have to lean into a little more if they want to keep con- keep contending. Because you know, with four non conference games, and you know, you're probably going to have Notre Dame in there every few years, so you have to account for that. But you want to have, obviously, the FCS opponent. You probably want to have a group of five opponent you feel good about beating and then probably like a an FBS opponent that you're on equal par with, which I think you have in Michigan State. Uh, and then, obviously, Missouri, you had that extra game in there. You know, the step up. And the question is, can you get – can you maybe sub out that step up for another program that's equal to you in town or perhaps worse so you can get that extra win that can further solidify your chances of making the bowl, which I think is – that's a big – kind of it's it's a small thing to do but it's a it causes a big shift in the philosophy of your program and how you're perceived and before folks start saying that's just taking the easy way out it's all basis based on the level of your program because the the blue bloods do it too they're not they're not like you know they may play each a, a tough some of them may play tougher opponents here and there but a lot of times they don't want to have a stack schedule especially in the SEC when they have to play a, a, a tough schedule as it is. So um, I, I think for BC, like moving forward, you, you look at the schedule and you get Ohio state coming up, you have Alabama. That's going to, those are going to be some tough years, but anyways, I'm, I'm going on a diatribe of something completely different here. My prediction, I was going to go with five and seven like you, but I'll, you know what? I'll be a little bit more optimistic and say six and six. Um, I'm going to go, you know, I have faith that Thomas Castellanos is going to take a big step forward. And when you have a magnetic player like him that can elevate your team, I think he's going to continue. If he continues to take a step forward, I think he's going to mask some more of the issues. If there are things that come up and he's going to pick off a win somewhere, I think he's going to, you know, whether it's Michigan state um, or someone else out there, UNC, something like that. I think he's going to make them go six and six. So, I think we're both kind of more pessimistic than we have been in years, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, we're finally off the nine and three every year train. <laughs> so in a moment, I'm going to get into basketball. Speaking of being pessimistic, I'll get into some real <laughs> pessimism. Mitch is going to head out. So Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. And again, just make sure you're checking out Eagle Insider for all the offseason stuff we have going on. Uh, obviously, football season's over. We've got the draft coming up. We've got some all-star games combine will be coming up. So we'll have some draft content based on the BC players within that process. And then uh, other stuff just kind of covering how BC's roster is changing in the offseason. All right. In a moment, I'm going to go over basketball. Another big loss. And the season continues to go down the toilet. We'll get into that in just a moment. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black. So yesterday's episode, I went in going, hmm, 
if they win or are winning BC basketball against Virginia Tech, I'll stay up late and I'll record and talk about the win. If they lose, I know you guys don't want to hear about it because I, I look at the analytics when BC loses a basketball game, no one wants to hear about it. So I'm not going to get into that game because it was pathetic again. It was another bad loss for BC, and it's become a trend with this program and one that I'm worried about the future of BC basketball because they're doing the same things over and over and over again. BC basketball takes off the first 20 minutes of the game. They look hesitant on offense. Their defense is all over the place, and they cannot figure out how to attack an opponent. And against Virginia Tech, it killed them. Now, to their credit, to give BC some credit here, they make comebacks almost every game and it all goes the same way they fall behind by 12 points or so they come back to within three or four and then in the last two weeks they lose because they can't hit shots bc basketball is in big trouble because what we were looking for this season we could have you know we talked about potential tournament level play you thought that they had improved to that point maybe that was a little bit more too optimistic but it's still frustrating to watch because this team is an, is not an NIT team. And if you were taking the progression until you know year one to year two to year three with Earl Grant, that's where they should be. We should be talking about, at the minimum, the NIT this year. Instead, they're now two and six in conference. They're, they've got a Duke game in a week. They could lo- they're going on the road to play Notre Dame, and I'm not even sure they're going to win that. This is this is tough to watch because now you're looking at this team and going, is Earl Grant the right choice? Is his coaching staff the right choice? And it's frustrating because you should have we should be, you know, excited about this team. You have a player in Quentin Post who can take over games. We saw it in the out-of-conference schedule, and he did it against good opponents, too. St. John's is good. And now, everyone around him, other than Devin McLaughlin, who looks great, has regressed. Jaden Zachary does not look like the same guy. Claudel Harris is, is a mess right now, and I don't know what to do with him. You could replace him with Chaz Kelly, who's still struggling. And Mason Madsen is 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 a good shooter, but he's not a good defender, which is a big problem because BC's letting up about 80 points a game. This coaching staff has not improved this program to the level that they need to improve them. And for fans to be frustrated is absolutely the right thing. I saw I saw the article that the the that site wrote, you know, site I used to be part of, and I saw them calling out Beak and look at. He's passionate about this team. You know, the sickos out there that are passionate, they want to see this team improve. We've waited 15 years for this team to make a tournament. To say that we're frustrated because they have not taken that next step, the next step to anything, it deserves to be frustrated. You deserve, they deserve to be, you know, ripped for you to be frustrated, to you to vent online, to say things that you say. No one's saying anything inappropriate, but you're allowed to be frustrated watching this because it felt like this season was going to be different, and it's the same crap that we've watched for years under BC. It's just new packaging. You you replaced 
a good front court with, you know, either Kai Bowman or Jerome Robinson or whatever guard you had, you replace them with good front court guys with Quinton Post and Devin McLaughlin and replace them with guards that can't play. The BC basketball team is what's frustrating about all this is right now they're, they don't seem to be going in the, they are definitely not going in the right direction. They seem to be going backwards. You're losing your best player next year, Quinton Post, and you don't have anyone to play center. You could put Devin McLaughlin in there, but I I wouldn't mess around with what they're doing with him right now. If you think this is going to get better next year, you're mistaken because this team doesn't have guys coming in. I mean, they could fix it the portal, I guess, but they're going to go backwards even more next year. So what are we even doing with this basketball program? I don't know. There's, you know, a month and a half left. Obviously, we're going to still root for them. And you guys are going to still, many of you are going to get excited about a big win here or there. But when we see the NIT selection and the NCAA selection, it's it looks like a blown opportunity. Defense is a mess. Offense is not is falling apart. The season is crumbling and there's nothing you can do. This is AJ Black. I'll be back again tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more fun. We're going to have a BC hockey blogger on to talk the bot battle of Com Ave, and we're going to have a BU hockey blogger blogger on as well to talk about BU hockey. Can BC really win against a very, very good program? This is going to be an epic battle battle of Com Ave. I can't wait to talk to you guys about that. Make sure to hit the like button on this episode before you leave. And if you have already, make sure to like tell your friends about Locked On BC. We're the only Boston College podcast that talks about BC every single day. We're passionate. We give you our opinions. It's not just generic, you know, the coach said, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? We're going to tell you what we think. We're we're just like you guys. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Go over to Eagle Insider. Subscribe today. we got some great stuff up there as well. And we'll see you all again soon. And thank you for listening to Locked On Boston College, your team every day.